the world leader in Internet Talk Radio. Internet Talk Radio. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Today my show is called Dying Laughing. And I thought it would be a good follow-up to um, the legacy that uh, Terry Schiavo has left. Um, I'm sure many of my listeners, if you've been listening over the past several weeks, you know that um, I went on a campaign to save Terry Schiavo. And uh, unfortunately, um, unfortunately, there were uh, judges in in uh, Florida who had other ideas and other agendas, and it didn't work. Um, but you can, um, at the end of the show, you can check out my website to see some of my uh, my comments about how Michael Shivo fit the profile of a wife abuser and how I didn't believe that they should have been listening to his ideas about what Terry wanted, since this may well have been uh, what he wanted, a cover-up to make sure that people never knew especially with her being cremated and moved across state lines, uh, what his role may have been in her uh, attaining that state and then ultimately having him pull her feeding tube out. The one thing that Terry Schiavo's death did was to make us all more aware of how important it is, no matter how old you are, to um, set your desires, whether it be about medical care, how you would want to be saved, when you would want to be saved and when you wouldn't, to um, where you would want your possessions to go and other things that you would like to uh, control from the grave, so to speak. And so uh, people who are involved in those kinds of things are um, seeing a booming business. And actually, this is some, this is a good thing because um, I mean, a good thing that we are paying more attention to this um, because it's such a taboo subject in America that um, nobody wants to believe that they're going to die. And so, my guest today is going to help us with that, and uh, not in a not in a uh, tragic, um, grim, um, upsetting way but in a humorous way, which is why I call today's show Dying Laughing. <laughs> because really that's the only way that we can handle this, or not the only way, but certainly a good way to handle some of the uncomfortable feelings that come up when we talk about some of these issues. So why don't I introduce my guest to you now. His name is Dr. Maurice Hansen. He's also called Pastor Maury. And um, Reverend Maurice Hansen he is a... Uh, he has, he has many degrees, and um, he's a doctorate. He has a doctorate in business, a Ph.D. in business, 
a master's in education, and he, um, after becoming an incredibly successful businessman, he turned to the ministry some years ago. And, um, of course, I'd like to start off. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you for letting me be here. It's a great pleasure. <laughs> yes. Now, I didn't tell you before when we were chatting briefly uh, when I invited you to be on the show that, that I had played this role in the Terry Schiavo case. You you had mentioned that I have heard this before from other people sort of involved in peripheral industries, lawyers and, and people like that, that the Terry Schiavo case has brought such attention to these issues and, and that's what you were saying as well. And um, I was actually supposed to be an expert witness in that case until the judge uh, didn't, decided he didn't want to hear from any expert witnesses. He didn't want to. He didn't want to hear the truth. He didn't want anything to get in, in the way of, of his decisions. So um, why don't you why don't why don't you sort of continue that segue and tell us what you've been seeing since the Terry Schiavo case? Well, it is, I've become an expert on living wills because uh, what's happened in this tragedy of this situation is that had somebody uh, had taken the time to just make some wishes known, it would have been a lot easier on everybody, uh, especially on her husband and especially on the family and, and most consequently uh, on Terry. Uh, but we don't think about these things when we're young and we're, you know, we're, we're, we're not vulnerable to any of the, uh, the surroundings uh, uh, that we have to be encountered, uh, we have to encounter in the world today. So what we need to do is we need to find a simple way uh, to make these things happen so that uh, there's a lot less grief and a lot less hassle and you can provide a legacy of love and comfort rather than anguish for people. And you can really clean up so many uh, hard feelings by just uh, writing down a few things like saying I'm sorry and if you would forgive me for anything I ever did to offend you. If I did it uh, unintentionally or I didn't know about it, please forgive me anyway. And you'll be surprised how much healing you can do and how much greater your legacy of love can be for those, those people you leave behind. Uh, where Terry Seabu comes from here on the situation, the, the tragedy there is that uh, we have all these aspersions uh, uh, being cast on this guy. Whether they be true or not, I really don't know. But but th- this is what comes up if you don't take care of things. Uh, and when you have a, a situation where uh, there's a lot of things that happen during the process of this woman being incapacitated, boy, it just leaves a whole lot of uh, food for thought and a whole lot of things that uh, really can be uh, become so negative that uh, there's no way of healing this this rift between the families. And uh, this, this lady's going to be gone from now on with a whole lot of questions never being had a chance to be answered. And uh, I think your request is simple to had we at least, uh, t- you know, done something unreasonable uh, to keep her alive. But, you know, again, when you don't have it in writing, this is where the courts take over. And... Uh, uh, I've had uh, twice where I've had both parents killed in an automobile accident, only to have both grandparents end up suing each other mm. for the custody. And the custody, yeah. And this just makes it ten times as bad. The kids have already lost the ones they love, and the, and the grandparents who they love on both sides are suddenly put in a you know position where uh, they're calling each other bad guys, and that's just so unnecessary. Yes. Yes. Um... Yes, well, just just as a brief aside, where I was coming from on that, and I didn't want to get into it too much because people who have been listening weekly have been hearing me go on about this for weeks, uh-huh. but it had to do with my having had, actually, Terry's father as a guest on my radio show, first oh. in, in May, last May, and uh, then more recently, right before the um, right before the feeding tube was pulled out, and... Um, 
through information that I was asking or answers to questions that I was asking about Terry's childhood, uh, including, you know, as a psychiatrist, of course, that's where I want to start, and then asking about their relationship. Um, it just, he inadvertently, I mean innocently, was telling me things both about her that showed why she would be attracted to that kind of bad boy as I talked about it. He's one of the, one of, this is one of the 12 types of bad boys that I talk about in my book, Bad Boys. And he was just fitting, it was as if uh, the father was going down a checklist of the symptoms of this type of Prince of Darkness bad boy. So it was. It just kind of happened very, I wasn't looking for this, he wasn't looking to tell me this, and it just sent shivers down my spine because I was very well aware of the personality characteristics of both the women and the men who get into those relationships. So that's where that came from. But yes, if um, certainly if people uh, specify their wishes, um, even when they're, I mean, when they're young and, and, um, and, people can get into accidents at all ages, uh, not expecting to die, but but having it happen, um, then uh, then there wouldn't be these kinds of questions. Well, that's the part of the situation, and, and, and I'm going to lead you into a little bit of humor if I can right now. I was just on uh, on the History Channel the other day about the movie starlet that was buried up in Hollywood in her bed and with her, you know, nightie on and her little booties and all the other kind of stuff on. So some people can find a little bit of... What do you mean? Wait, wait, wait. I, I missed that. You did? It was on the History Channel just the other day. I, Who is this? I can't remember her name. She was, it was in the 40s or, or, yeah, I think it was the 40s when she did this. And she asked to be buried like that? Oh, yes, right up there. And she's buried up there in Hollywood. It was on the History Channel just, uh, oh, probably less than a month ago. And I was laughing about it because I always come up with these other stories. I've had them where uh, people will put uh, hamburgers, and McDonald hamburgers in with them, double Big Macs and all that kind of stuff. In case they get hungry. Yeah, in case they get hungry, they're French fries and there's a milkshake and all that kind of stuff. And then, I'm... of course, that's probably what caused them to die in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> you got that one right. But the other part of the thing was that having people, the the most uh, people send a, a, a quart of booze or something like that. There, Jack Daniels is the most uh, popular one, and uh, <laughs> and sometimes a little scotch. It depends upon the character of the, of the individual. But uh, Jack Daniels has been my most frequent one. I see him stashing the. Well, now, well, let's just back up a little bit because um, so people can understand how you, what your role is in these kinds of issues. I mean, one of the things I didn't mention at the top was um, that you are the author of a new book called Final Details, which you describe as a guide for preparing information for the living loved ones everyone leaves behind. Um, so we'll get into that as, as the show gets on. But how how did you go from someone having a uh, but from being a successful businessman to going into the ministry and then getting into this? Well, it actually goes back a long ways. Uh, back in the fifties, uh, when I got out of the Navy, I was, I was in the Korean War, and I got out of the Navy, and I went to Los Angeles City College, and I worked at the West Side Jewish Center. And my name is Maurice, but they renamed me Maury over there. And uh, they spelt it every different way, and I finally got a standardized M-O-R-R-I-E, and then that stuck ever since then. And uh, I just started getting involved in helping people, and uh, people started coming to me all for all kinds of things, and I became a pallbearer, and I did so many different things. And when I went to the, as a lay pastor, I ended up doing all these funeral services and everything, and, and it just kept being such a tremendous burden on my heart that uh, nobody ever told me anything. And, and when you're a pastor... And you're trying to, you know, say one of my people, uh, it's their brother or their uncle, and I don't even know them, and they come to me and ask me to handle the funeral service. Well, you're constantly scrounging around trying to find a scripture, a hymn, 
something to say about them, or they got a poem, or they got something that, that you can say, you know. That's why mm-hmm. I started getting some of these things in an order, and I just made a bunch of checklists. If there's things that you can just check the box if you don't know one, and there's plenty for whatever religion you may be. You don't have to read the scriptures. You can just check your own in there, and you can just fill it out for whatever particular, if, if you're an atheist, it doesn't make any difference. Just what you would like read or played at your funeral. Amen. It's all it is. And then what would you like to say? You know, give some, write your epitaph a little bit there. Hmm. I think you probably go into that in your, in your, uh, into the business there along the way. I do a lot of marriage and family counseling. I like to try to get people to, hey, express it. Because I tell you what, if you sit down and do this together, this will make you look. In fact, it's part of my premarital counseling requirement. I make them fill out the book. And they say, boy, this is morbid, Pastor Maury. But <laughs> I'll tell you what, guys, this is what you're looking at, you know. And, <laughs> I was right here. You know, I give you a 5,000% guarantee on my book. If you don't die, I'll give you five times the money you paid for. <laughs> well, yes. You know, um, I mean, you know, that you bring up a good point. I was actually at a funeral recently, and... Um, this was a person who was relatively young. It was very unexpected. And, um, of course, she didn't really have anything filled out. I mean, I don't know about the sort of the financial aspects, but she certainly didn't have any requests in terms of how she would want her funeral. And, um, and you, you people, you know, you call a, 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 a rabbi or a pastor or some religious figure to oversee the, the funeral, and if these people don't know the person who died or even at least don't know the family, it just, I mean, yes, people can come up with, and I guess you have, um, things that you, you try to get to know them really quickly. You ask the family a lot of questions and all of that, but um, it always feels just so sort of fake in a way that that, that this person is, is saying generalities and, and not really related to the person who died. And that's the music that means that we need to take a break right now. Okay. It's the death of our first quarter of the show. And we'll be back. My guest today is Dr. Maurice Hansen, a.k.a. Pastor Maury. We're talking about dying laughing. Stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. And I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Informative, educational, insightful. You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today. So contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Go behind the scenes of what you see, hear, and read on the news. Learn the ins and outs of public relations on Stars of PR with Cindy R. every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time. Cindy Rakowitz is a Clio Award winner and founder of Rack and Roll Public Relations who wants to share her experiences and knowledge with you. Learn how to handle a crisis, deal with celebrities, and become a terrific PR executive. Listen to Stars of PR with Cindy R. every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Information you need, when you need it, voiceamerica.com. 
Do you have questions concerning your personal portfolio? And would you like to know where the market's going before it gets there? Then you need to tune in to Elite Masters of Trading, hosted by the Traders Coach, Robin Dane, every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Robin has great ideas on how to invest, save, and make money. So become an elite trader in the market every Wednesday at 10 a.m. with the Traders Coach, Robin Dane, and Elite Masters of Trading, right here on the Voice America Radio Network. Hello, this is Rory Garay, President of Greyhound Pets of America and host of Greyhounds Made Great Pets on Voice America. Join me every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific and 2 p.m. Eastern for an insightful and enjoyable talk about one of man's best friends, the Greyhound. Learn about the history of the Greyhound, discuss proper obedience and training techniques, and find out more about the Greyhound racing industry and what they are doing to help the adoption effort of the former race dog. If you own a Greyhound or just love dogs like I do, join me for Greyhounds Make Great Pets every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific right here on America's Voice. VoiceAmerica.com. Continuing to be the authority in Internet Talk Radio, you're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have questions or comments for Dr. Carol, call toll-free at 1-888-335-5204. Now let's get back to the show. Here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Today my guest is Dr. Maurice Hansen. He's the author of Final Details, which is a book talking about... Um, it's a guide, actually, that helps you prepare information about how you would like things to go after you pass away, from your funeral to um, what you would like, where you would like things to go. Well, you'll be telling us the details of exactly what's in it. But we're talking today. I called the program "Dying Laughing" because um, we're going to be using a little humor here to help get over the rough edges. Nobody wants to talk about this. Everybody wants to think that they're going to live forever. I, when I was a kid. I used to think that, but I didn't used to worry about death, not of myself, anyhow, because I used to think that by the time I got old enough to worry about death, they would have found a solution. <laughs> they would have found a way to not have to die. <laughs> for that, too. What did you say? I said, we're still looking for that solution. That's right. Well, I mean, there is that, um, um, the, what do they call it? The, uh, when you can be... Um, immersed in ice. Well, yeah, they, well, that's, uh, I can't even think of the name of it right now either. The cryptology or something like that. Uh, it's going to freeze you and, and, and bring you back to life later on. Right, when they have a cure for whatever caused you to die. Yes, uh-huh. Um, I mean, it's, it's, at first, when I first heard about that years ago, it seemed like it was a great idea, but I think we need to start getting more comfortable with the idea that I mean, of course, everybody has different religious beliefs. We're not going to really tread on that. But, um, I mean, if you if you think about the death as a natural part of life and the fact that perhaps there is um, something more that one goes on to, um, although there's a danger in thinking about that, too, because because a lot of people get caught up thinking, well, if I don't get it right this time, then I can... Uh, do it better the next time. Um, so we don't really want to sort of keep putting things off and thinking we're going to get another shot and we can uh, just keep going around <laughs> until we get it right, although that may be the way it is. Well, we don't know for sure, but uh, I'll tell you what, I'd rather uh, go on, on, the, on, the, on the positive side of it than being prepared just in case. 
<laughs> well, yes, I don't mean that, that we're going to live for, forever, but I just mean that, um, you know, the idea of what actually happens to us after we die. Uh-huh. Um, you know, there there are a lot of... And, and what's kind of interesting, too, we were talking about Terry Schiavo, but even before that... Um, Certainly 9-11, I think. I mean, you tell me if you saw a difference in what, uh, in your work, but it would seem that after 9-11 that some peop- that people would have, except for the fact that we're in such denial still, but some people may well have um, gotten the realization that we could die suddenly and, and perhaps got more uh, interested in, in keeping, setting things in order before they die. Did, did you notice any, um, any change after that? Oh, yeah, tremendous change, especially in the, on the counseling we were doing, and especially when I, when I made visitations for people that had terminal diseases and so forth like that. Uh, you'd be surprised at the attitude and the, well, actually, I could even include the word platitude on that, that people really brought it to the surface and started talking about these things in a much more realistic manner than I've ever seen. And uh, and I'm 70, so I've been around a while, and I've been through a few of these things, uh, you know, even prior to my going into the ministry where, you know, just as a pallbearer where you're sitting there trying to counsel and you're trying to hold somebody's hand and just offer whatever you can as far as comfort is concerned, but uh, what, what really counts in the world today is that uh, writing these things down so people will know. And i got to tell you, you can leave behind such wonderful attitudes with people and wonderful moments of joy and experiencing the positive things that you had with them. Uh, my wife and I, we've been married 45 years, going to be 46 here in a couple of months. And uh, we had to go back and get our, our marriage license so we could have this. I didn't know where it was, but... Uh, she did, and, and if I die first, well, she has to have that so she can get the new Social Security stuff and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. So there's so many things that you have to take into consideration that you just can't uh, shuffle us off to Buffalo and say, well, it will be taken care of it when I die. It, it's not going to happen, and you can save so much hassles for people. And, uh, uh, you know, one of the things, too, we have uh, lock, I mean, uh, safe deposit boxes that so many people don't tell anybody else they have. And there's something like $86 billion I read that's sitting in safety deposit boxes that nobody knew who the benefactor of it is because the person died and didn't tell anybody they even had it, you know, where the key was and what all these other things were. So you have to communicate. And, and in your end of the, of the of helping the world here, we communications is the key to all of our success. And, and uh, having an understanding of that, you know, pain and agony we've experienced in our childhood and uh, growing up to today is that something you have to get into forgiveness and let it pass and let it move on and let the truth set you free, and you can really accomplish some wonderful things in the world. Well, what are some of the um, funniest um, situations that you've come across in doing your work? Well, there's this fellow down in the, in the south there that had died, and he wanted to be buried in his convertible, which was a Cadillac convertible, and he wanted his bottle of booze, and he wanted a royal flush in his hand. And he and he was buried in his car just exactly like that. They had, you know, you couldn't do that in some places today without getting all kinds of permits. But uh, from what I understand on the thing, they had to drain the oil and they had to drain the radiator and they had to drain the gas tank and they had to do all these other things so they could even prep this car to make it into a, a, a formal uh, a burial site for him. And that was his coffin. 
That was his coffin right there, you know. Just like the little lady that was a starlet up in Hollywood. I wish I could get the exact thing on that when it was on it was on uh, uh, history television yeah. that the other day, and I got to get that so we can share that with more people because I thought it was really really funny about how some of the things that they expressed, even in the 40s, and and some of the things that we've done over the years. Uh, some of the best funerals, if you really want to talk about them, yeah. uh, well, look at the one that they had for uh, for uh, President Reagan, and yeah. look at the ones we just had uh, recently for. Uh, uh, I can't even think of the name. They're another one of my senior moments. Okay. But uh, some of these ones were—they really were elegant. They've really done, some, paid some tribute. Look what they look what they did for the Pope, you know, and, and all uh, the pomp and circumstance that went on with that. And then being able to have many people, you know, file by and paying tribute to this man and to Reagan and some of the other great people we've had in the past. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you ever watched the one with Moshe Diane. You know, here was a great guy over here that just did some phenomenal things. And he had these, these people had, were smart enough to write these things out and to have this prepared ahead of time, you know, and everybody took care of it. Everybody followed the, the recipe and the feeling of love and affection that would carry on forever, you know, with these people's hearts that were there to, to experience this. Yes. Um... Well, what about those some unique? Uh, I mean, of course, the man in his car and the starlet were examples. But of course, you know, I would imagine that that was pretty expensive to do in terms of how much the uh, cemetery wanted to charge for all that land that they would have to take up. Well, it was down in the mid south southern part of the of the country here, so it was a, one of those things to uh, to. Uh, it wasn't quite as bad as necessary, you would think, anyway. But the, uh, some of the other ones were they, uh, the, the ones where we've had uh, people uh, pass away and then uh, have a, uh, uh, a special celebration. Have you seen the, uh, the, the funerals that they take place in the South down there, too, where they have the jazz band and everything else going on? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I pick up on that one there, and my wife and I, we have an agreement there. We set aside $10,000 in a mutual fund some years ago. And that whoever dies first gets to have a party and just celebrate the good things that we experience with each other. Huh. And that's the fun part. And just have a party. Have all your friends over. If they want to drink a glass of wine or whatever they want to have, well, let's have that. Want to dance a little bit and just laugh and scratch and just have a good time. You know? <laughs> hmm. well, that's an interesting idea. Well, I, I want the beauty of my life. You know, I've, I've, been, I've been provided more gifts than I could ever believe. I, I left home at 14 years old and... Uh, that was part of the thing about uh, I have a, a, a non-profit entity, uh, a 1031C3, uh, for helping abuse women and children. It's, uh, it's a uh, serve ministries is the name of it. And what we try to do there is to help those women to get uh, some self-esteem, get them some uh, education. And uh, we have a special deal up here in Newport Beach where they have a, another group we work with. These ladies provide them brand-new clothing. They get to come out there, and they fix them up with some hairdressers and some... I think all, I've heard about that. Yeah, well, they get them all prettied up. And, well, I'll tell you what, you see some beautiful ladies that have been beaten down before come out looking really, really sharp and, you know, back in the little marketplace with a great attitude just because somebody gave them some TLC and said, hey, you're worthwhile and we love you, you know. Mm-hmm. And, boy, what a difference you can make in people's lives. Now, do you have any connection to Denise Brown's um she- she lives down here, but we've met, and I had we've crossed paths several times. And uh, in fact, I, I uh, she went to high school uh, with uh, some of my kids down here. Uh huh. <laughs> and so uh, we haven't we have never gotten together, but I've been meaning to call her one of these days and do that. I'll I think you just get me off the dime here. I'm going to do that now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it seems like you live in the same area, and and your work is is related um, to the work that she does on on abused uh, women. 
Well, we need some more help in that area, too, and then some of you lovely people in the, in the, in the psychiatric care are part of the situation of the world here. You know, I do marriage and family counseling, but I, I send an awful lot of stuff over to you guys, and you bail me out sometimes because uh-huh. well, I get into some of the things where, where the hormones and all those other chemical imbalances, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I sure need you guys. Thank you for all the love and help you do, guys. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Well, we're coming up to the... Um to the midway point, maybe um, in the uh, when we come back, you can give us some examples of um, some of the things that that people like the most forgotten items on on people's checklist um, for your checklist for checking out, as you say, um, and things like that. Some of the things that we we don't think about. I mean, there are some obvious things, but um, then there are a lot of things that. That through your experience, seeing what happens when people don't take care of these things, that you can uh, remind us about. So stay tuned. Um, my guest today is Dr. Maurice Hansen. He's the author of Final Details. We're talking about um, dying laughing because uh, that's the best way to do it. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, and you're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. Bringing the world together. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Are you feeling stuck in some part of your life? You might have some crust busting to do. Crust is anything that you think, feel, or believe that prevents you from living life full out. Step into the crust-free zone with me, Dr. Pat Basile, and get ready to do some serious crust busting. Join us on Thursday mornings on VoiceAmerica.com at 8 a.m. Pacific Time for crust busting your way to an awesome life. Do you know that over 70% of Americans with severe disabilities are unemployed? Are you one of the 2.5 million Americans with epilepsy? If you are or know someone struggling with these issues, tune in to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. On the show, Joyce will discuss these issues as well as others. She will have on nationally known guests that will offer helpful insight on disability matters and let you, the listener, call in with your questions and concerns. So if you struggle with a disability or know someone who does, listen to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. Heard every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time here on VoiceAmerica.com. Cutting edge. Challenging. Stimulating. You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. When tax time comes, are you the person that goes to your accountant with a shoebox literally full of receipts? 
stop wasting your accountant's time as well as your own by organizing your finances with the help of Joe Dunphy and Poor Richard Shoebox. Heard live every Monday at 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, Poor Richard Shoebox will let you know what you can do to organize for tax time as well as how to get the most out of your retirement. So get all of your receipts together and tune in to Poor Richard Shoebox with Joe Dunphy every Monday at 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on the Voice America Radio Network. Business, sports, religion, legal, pets, entertainment. You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have questions or comments for Dr. Carol, call toll-free at 1-888-335-5204. Now let's get back to the show. Here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. We're talking today with Dr. Maurice Hansen about his uh, latest endeavors, his book called Final Details, about um, how people need to take care of these uh, final details, which kind of makes it all easy um, so that we don't keep avoiding dealing with that, not wanting to face our own mortality. Um, you know, you said something earlier that I made a, a mental note to get back to because I, I think your life is so fascinating how you went from um, being this successful businessman into sort of a life of service. And But you said something about having left home at 14 and you quickly mumbled, <laughs> mumbled past that and I'm sure that that has some connection to what you're doing now and I'm just wondering what about that you'd like to share. Well, what happened is I left home at 14 years old, and back in those days, I I started taking on my father because he was an abusive man, and he drank a lot in those days. And uh, when he would take on my father, my father would, you know, abuse my mother. I would try to get in the middle of it. When we were small, they bounced you off the wall like a basketball. But when I was 14, I finally got him down, and I was ready to really, I really wanted to, uh, I really wanted to kill him, I'll be very honest with my heart. But I let him up, and... uh, and uh, I got to the front door, and I barely had time to get a uh, one extra T-shirt and uh, an extra pair of pants. And I had nine dollars and a ninth grade education, and I hitchhiked to California in 1948. Wow! Yeah. And I lived less than a mile from where I was hitchhiking in 1948. <laughs> huh? And then what did you do? Well, I went to the Navy and Korean War and all that kind of stuff. I well, before I got there, I I picked beans with the. Uh, the migrant workers out here lived in, a, in, in holes in the ground and tents and whatever else and slept in the backseat of cars and chopped lettuce and picked beans and cherries. And, and I ate cherries for about two weeks. I can't stand them today. <laughs> but uh, I went through all of that. I worked with Clyde Beatty Circus, $12 a week, two meals a day, slept on a board and a train type of thing, you know. And just you know, when I went in the service, I... Uh, I went in the 17. I had a lot of problems. I, I really got in a lot of trouble. I was in the brig, on bread and water, and all that kind of stuff. When you're back in those days, you could do it, and uh, you just uh, you have to grow up pretty fast. And then I went right to Korea out of boot camp, and so you get all these things going. And then uh, while I was in the service, I decided that hey, you know what, maybe I'm smart enough to go to college. And they had a GI Bill, and uh, I finished high school by in the service and, and went to LA City College. Well, now you must have been um, must have been very. Where did you grow up? Where were you living before you left home? I was in St. Louis, Missouri. I was born in the Illinois open farm community, and uh, on the other side of the of the Missouri Mississippi River, anyway. And uh, in what community? Uh, in St. Louis, and then I was over there around where they call Centray and Carlisle. Okay, but um, when when you left home, 
so you you know you went a pretty far distance. You must have been worrying about your mother all the time. Not really. Uh, I uh, she was standing at the door and telling me not to come back too. Quite frankly. Ah, uh, yeah. really? Yeah, yeah. Really, uh, that that's a that's a tough one to carry, and you have to go through a lot of baggage, and that's why I guess that I end up doing a lot of counseling today. Yes. Because if you haven't had these experiences, you can help other people because yes. everybody has to get over it. So it's interesting because um, because I guess was she kind of like so many abused women that even though, of course, they don't like the abuse, they're afraid of, of losing their husband or the man who's abusing them and even to the point of turning against their children? Absolutely. And, you know, back in those days, too, uh, uh, Carol, is that the, the – the, the the rabbi, the the priest, and the pastor would tell him that, you know, I know he may beat you on Friday night, but he sobers up on Saturday, and he goes to confession, or he does to church on Sunday, and uh, he'll be okay on Monday. He'll be back to work, and he'll bring that paycheck on mm. Friday before he beats you, you know? It's just about... Mm. And, and this is the mentality that America had an awful lot of, you know? People are not aware of a lot of this thing that went on back in the 40s, uh, back in the 20s, 30s, 40s, and even the 50s. And going into the 60s also, we finally would get a little bit smarter and we started to be able to explore these things and talk about them. Yeah. And uh, we didn't have psychiatrists around when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And the only person you had for console uh, was to go to your pastor. Mm-hmm. And he was sending you back to the same spot you were in, you know. That's why I'm one of those pastors. I get a lot of, I do a lot of conflict because I'm always ready to, yeah, well, rip his head off, man. Hey, don't have to put <laughs> <up here. laughs> And so, um, did, did you, before they died, did you make some kind of peace with them? My dad was, I was, uh, let's see, I was 55 years old. My father called me and apologized when he was 92. Wow. And you hadn't seen him? Well, we'd seen each other and crossed paths. In fact, I went back and bought an 80-acre farm right down the road from him just to let him know I could, just to (laughs) try to shove my success up his ass. (laughs) And we were trying to get even in those days and whatever. But, you know, the amazing thing about it is once I learned to forgive, once I got past that, boy, my life started working, and uh, it had changed everything. And uh, when you get married, you you drag all this stuff with you too. You got this big bag of garbage on your own. You're taking with you, and you're you're trying to get your wom- your woman, your wife, to understand all these things. And they have they've never been where you've been, so they don't understand. So it it takes a great woman, and it takes a great guy too. Really, I'm not trying to put myself out, but it takes two people willing to work at this type of situation because you have to get past this. And I'll tell you what, being together is so much better than ever being without. Yes. And, but I'm just wondering, in light of the fact that you just wrote this book, um, Final Details, well, you wrote it a year ago, you were saying off the air, um, but it's become much more popular recently, especially because of the Shimo story. But I'm just wondering, um, you know, I believe uh, very strongly about how books or plays or screenplays um, reflect, of course, the unconscious of the people who are writing them. I, I do some... Um, uh, script consulting, and that's always the way it is. And um, and so I was just wondering how your own script, you know, your own story um, with your parents affected your ideas about final details. Well, it's it's, a, it's, a, it's wonderful that you even bring that up there because when I went back to see my mother's uh, funeral. I went back to see hers, and uh, and. Uh, and my, my, in fact, my brother was the executor of the estate, and he called me one day, and my father, he was 92, I guess, yeah, 92, right about the time he called me. And right after that, he ends up, you know, still blackening both of her eyes, you know. <laughs> and 
And my brother calls me and says, well, what do we do? And I says, you don't do anything. They've been like that, and they've been sharp with each other, so just hang in there. Let it go. It'll pass. And, and if, they, if she wanted to leave, she would have a long time ago, but she hasn't, so just accept it. You know, get on with life. Yeah. But uh, from my own point of view, the thing is that we need to have compassion. We need to be able to reach out and we be able to express ourselves to those we love. And it's really, really important because you can – you can dissipate decades and decades of grief and anger and just uh, animosity. That's not necessary with just a few kind words. And that's saying, hey, I'm sorry, would you forgive me? And life goes on so much better. Yes, and so you're saying, you know, how much how much it meant to you that your father, even at 92, asked you to forgive him. Yes, that was big time. Yes, it really was. And who died first? Oh, my, my mother died first. My, my dad died. He lived about another year and a half after that. And, uh, but uh, he was 95, 95. My mother was 84, 84 when she died. Hmm. But it was one of those things where, you know, hey, you have to take these experiences and, and, and try to make the best out of them and do your best to understand them. But the, the, the key to all ingredients is forgiveness, really. If you say, hey, you know, you forgive it, you got to be able to mean it, too, you know, and, uh, and move on. Because uh, you, if, you, if you keep carrying this stuff with you, I think, uh, what was it, Nixon? Nixon said the best thing. You know, if you don't forgive your enemies, they win. <laughs> so uh, you've got to get over that. You've got to get on with life. And if you get that, well, then you're not carrying all that baggage with you, and you can move on to the new things, the fun things, and the wonderful things that we've been given and provided for here. Yes. And, of course, one of the sad things, and I'm sure you've seen a lot of this, um, uh, counseling people after, or the, or the families after people die, is that um, is how how families are torn apart, not just when the person who dies hasn't expressed, well, whether they have or they haven't. I mean, yes, I guess it can it can be easier in some ways if they have expressed their wishes and they give a rationale for why. But what happens, um, what seems to be happening in an increasing way, is siblings fighting over um, their parents' estate and then never talking to the, each other after the parent dies. Um, and really, the one key, it's so frustrating because people don't understand this. For the most, they think they're fighting over uh, $10,000 or over being, you know, the next president of the father's business or um, some kind of, of tangible or financial, well, you got um, right. <laughs> but it's not really that. What they're really fighting over is um, things from childhood where they felt that they that the parent loved the other one more, yep. and and now they want sort of um, to be compensated for the fact that the other sibling, or at least they feel that the other sibling was the favorite, so they right. take it out in money when it's not about that. Well, that's, that is so accurate there, really. The anger that comes out of a funeral service for somebody's demise is just overwhelming. Uh, I, I just I couldn't believe it, some of the things I've experienced on that one, too. There is a, one story I meant to tell you earlier about where I had this lady that uh, she had been married to this guy for nine years. He died of a heart attack out here. And uh, the next thing, and his will was to be buried at, at sea. He wanted to be cremated and buried at sea, and that's what she was getting ready to do. But all of a sudden, realizing that this guy had two other wives, she gets phone calls from both of the ex-wives and who had siblings with this with this man, and each one of them wanted some body parts of the ashes to be sent back to them. 
And then at the last minute, when she's trying to make up her mind what to do on a thing, she gets a call from her mother and saying, hey, I want his butt buried back here in New York. Uh, so, uh, are you serious? Well, I'm being very serious. So this is a real one. <laughs> this is a real one. <laughs> and, and it's the mother who always wanted him to get his butt back to New York. Yeah, she wanted to get him buried back in New York. No, but you... That's the words that this, this lady told me on the thing. And so what but, she said, I, mean, you, I mean, it's a metaphor. The, the mother had always wanted him to get his butt back to New York. Uh, right on. <laughs> exactly. But the you know, amazing thing about it was that she said, well, how do I, how do I know which part of the ashes is, goes to yeah. and how do I make a decision on that? So right. she honored his wish, and she finally got him buried at sea, but it was amazing how many things and how much anger comes up for people yeah. with this yeah. whole situation, you know, and you don't need to do this. We had this one uh, just the other day uh, uh, back in March where the uh, two parents are fighting over a guy that was killed in, in Iraq. Mm-hmm. One mother wants to bury him in one place, and somebody wants to bury him in another, you know, and... Uh, and it's just, it just tears people's hearts out. It's not necessary. Yeah. Huh. Wanting to um, sort of work out the issues after they've died that they didn't get a chance to work out during life. You can sure prevent a lot of headaches for the loved ones if you'll just take the time to do it. Well, we'll uh, <laughs> stay tuned for more of this. We'll get into um, some key uh, ideas in that regard. And then... Um, We'll give people your website and let them know how they can get a copy of this book as well. My guest today is Dr. Maurice Hansen, whose book is Final Details. We're talking about dying laughing, uh, trying to. And you're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Bringing the world together. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, Check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Go beyond success and discover a deeper meaning to life. Join host Jeffrey Gitterman and his guests, the premier thought leaders in business, politics, science, spirituality, and culture who have reached the pinnacle of financial and professional attainment in their fields, only to discover a profound lack of fulfillment with what our culture defines as success. So won't you tune in every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time to Jeffrey Gitterman and Beyond Success, redefining the meaning of prosperity, right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. You want the truth? Face the facts. This is voiceamerica.com. Depend on it. Hello, this is Rory Goray, President of Greyhound Pets of America and host of Greyhounds Made Great Pets on Voice America. Join me every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific and 2 p.m. Eastern for an insightful and enjoyable talk about one of man's best friends, the Greyhound. Learn about the history of the Greyhound, discuss proper obedience and training techniques, and find out more about the Greyhound racing industry and what they are doing to help the adoption effort of the former race dog. If you own a Greyhound or just love dogs like I do, join me for Greyhounds Make Great Pets every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific right here on America's Voice. 
VoiceAmerica.com. The world leader in Internet Talk Radio. Internet Talk Radio. You're listening to America's Voice. VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have questions or comments for Dr. Carol, call toll-free at 1-888-335-5204. Now let's get back to the show. Here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. Welcome back. I was just chatting with my guest, Dr. Maurice Hansen, off the air. He's like a wealth of information. And we're talking today about dying laughing. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Let's get right to some of the things that you were uh, talking about. I mean, talk about things that we don't think about. Um, your your book can, can uh, uh, you know, the saying, you can't take it with you, but you certainly can uh, find money for others to take with them once you die. Um, what are some of the ways that you talk about that there's really money that people live be, leave behind when they die that they don't even think about? Well, a lot of times, if it happens to be an accident that's taking you out early, uh, there's a lot of your bank accounts and, and your uh, credit unions and other places like that, your other associations you may belong to. Uh, I belong to the American Legion, and I also belong to the VFW, and there's always a little policy in there. If it's an accident policy, you get paid an extra thousand or two. But there are unions in your in your uh, your credit uh, unions as well as your associations all have something like this hanging around there, and you need to take advantage of these things and just take a look at them. My book, you know, gives you a checklist for checking all that stuff out. And there's, and there's also so many other ways in which, uh, especially in accidents, I'll, I'll spend a moment on that if I may. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had the situation where a lady was killed in an automobile accident, and she had flown down to, uh, quite frankly, she had flown to Houston, and a car came off the freeway and landed on top of them, killed her, and almost killed her husband. But uh, we were able to get a $100,000 uh, accident policy that was covered by American Express because she had charged her airline tickets and the and the car on the uh, American Express card. And, you know, some of these places have got these things. Now, if you don't ask for them, they're not going to give them to you. But you need to be aware of where to go look for some of these things. There are so many policies laying around out there. You know, even veteran benefits, it's not much, but it's 255 and a flag, and you can have somebody come out and, and, and at least perform a ceremony. You know, exiting the world is is, is, uh, is is heavy for the people left behind, and that's the tribute we want to make that, hey, this person here had a purpose and they were important in one form or the other. And we need to honor that. That's the dignity we need to uh, to help with. The funerals are for those that are left behind, not the one that's gone. You know, I was thinking, well, although, although really it would be nice to, um, I mean, yes, of course the people who are in most need of comfort <laughs> presumably are the ones who are left behind. But at the same time, um, you know, I, I, think, I think it really would behoove everyone um, to think about how they would like their funeral to go, to pick look what we were talking about at the beginning, pick the poems, pick the music, pick the passage from the Bible or, or prayers that you like, um, pick who you would like to have speak um, or what kinds of, what kind of music you would like. I mean, you can really sort of uh, orchestrate a whole show, um, as, I guess, as long as you provide the money to pay for it or, or have relatives who you know will. Um, but, you know, if one of the exercises that is useful to do, and I'm sure as a therapist you may well have had people do this, um, is to have people write their own epitaph, write, what, what, write their own obituary, what they would like to see in the newspaper when they died. Um, because, 
you know, not only is that, I mean, the purpose of that really is, I mean, yes, you could, of course, always use it, but um, presuming it's not out of date by the time you die, but um, but what the real value is is sort of recognizing what it is that you would like to do before you die. If you look at your at what you've written, and there really isn't enough in there that shows that you've done things to help mankind, you might want to hurry up and uh, and do some of those things. I love it. That's the way to go. Thank you. So that um, so that. There is something said about you, other than uh, you know Joe um, Joe Smith um, spent his life making money and stuffing it under the pillow, you know. Um, But really, the kinds of things that you want to be remembered for. I'll never put on your tombstone that I wish I'd stayed after five o'clock at the office. Yes, exactly. Uh, you know, or, or things about family, um, making, having one, um, you know, uh, finding somewhere people that you loved, surround yourself with, creating that. Um, just, just, you know, whatever it is that you, sitting down to write this makes you think about what is important and what kind of legacy you would like to leave, what you want to be remembered for. Uh, it really is kind of shocking, and then, then of course, confronting the idea uh, that you that you're missing a lot of things. You know that there are a lot of things that you want to be remembered for that you haven't done yet, and realizing that you better get a move on uh, because nobody does live forever, and you probably <laughs> instead of the adage um, "eat dessert first, <laughs> life is unpredictable." Maybe you should be doing the things that are most important first so that you can be sure to leave those things to the rest of the world. Well, that's a great deal. Well, that's like the story about the, the, the lady that, you know, saved her fork because uh, that was always the best was come after, you know, if, if, the, if, the, uh, if the pastor told you to save your fork, that meant the dessert was still coming. <laughs> uh, so save your fork because the, the best is yet to come, maybe. And uh, you have to look forward to that, and that gives you some great comfort if people will think about that. Uh, whether you believe in it here after or not, uh, that's your privilege and your prerogative. But the name of the game is that, hey, what did you do here? Did you leave anything behind that was worthwhile? Did you help anybody? Because I'll tell you what, that's really what counts. It's not what you took out, but it's what you left. Right. And you did what you were here. Right. It's not how many BMWs or Mercedes you have parked in your driveway. They're not going to put that in your obituary. Oh, they certainly don't. They certainly don't. But uh, we can sure uh, make other people's lives uh, so much easier. And we were talking about before that the anger that comes out of these uh, particular yeah. situations is something that we experience it all the time. Uh, my wife and I, in, in fact, the book has got several pages in the back with just lines on it. What we do is we have uh, our grandchildren come by and say, hey, you know, guess all around here you want you know, when, 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 we, when we kiss off here. We're out of here. Uh, you know, is there anything around here you want? Well, what we do is we put a piece of masking tape with their name on it, and then we write that item in the book and have them initial it. We date it, and we also sign it that this is who gets it. And it's kind of split up ahead of time before, you know. Yeah. And you know, some of the grandkids say, well, you know, we're going to live forever, Grandpa. And I say, hey, you know, i got to tell you something. It ain't going to happen, so let's get real, and let's have some fun with this whole thing. If that's what you yeah. want, you just have to understand that somebody else, i got six grandkids, and I have one great-grandchild now. And, and these are the kids that I want to make sure they're taken care of. Everything we have is split three ways. We have three children that split three ways. But if the grandkids got something special that meant something to them with, yeah. as they were here, hey, let's have that. Let's enjoy 
the, the, the time we had together. I want them to laugh about some of my good parts, and if we had some good expressions, that that's that's what we want to we want to dwell on those, not on anything negative. And do you talk in the book about um, keeping a like a videotape or an audio tape diary of of people? Well, I'll tell you what, it works even better if you, if you walk through your house with a video camera and talk about these things, too. That's really a good Well, I don't mean, I, I was kind of, I didn't mean specifically um, about the possessions. I was just thinking in general, like, about the stories that people have to tell, the story of their life, to keep sort of a, a video or an audio um, memorial of that person talking. Well, you know, it was really funny you mentioned that because the other day I was having a garage sale, so I had a whole bunch of stuff out there. I had a whole bunch of certificates and awards, and I gave away an X-ray machine up in Utah 30 years ago and so forth. And I was showing all these things out. But, I mean, my kids, my son, is, I have two sons in the Coast Guard, both career. One retires next year, and the other one's uh, got about eight, eight years to go. And uh, he said, Dad, let's save all those things because we'll just put them in a, in, a, in a folder here, and then we can talk about those things, you know, when you're gone. Mm-hmm. I said, well, that's kind of neat because I was just going to throw these puppies away because <laughs> there's just more things going on here. But I had a lot of certificates where I did this, I did that, I was a speaker here, and I donated this, or I did whatever it was, you know. And I, I you know, I, I've done a lot of uh, nonprofit fundraising for for many people, and so this is a great opportunity to just put them in a in a, in a folder, and, and people can walk through it. It's like a, it's like a your your your, uh, your wedding album. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's right. We could be, this is a, a death album. Yeah, there you go. I think we should call it something better. Though. I'm get a better name for it too. Exactly. What about that? A legacy, a legacy album. Oh. How's that? Yeah, I like that term. That's great. Well, I'd like to thank you for uh, being on oh, on the show. The uh, music is telling us that it's the it's the death of our show for today, and um, I want to direct people to your website, which is www finaldetails.net finaldetails.net and uh, there they can read a little bit more about you can I give an 800 number? sure 866-706-5690 is our uh, uh, toll free number and the book's available on amazon.com as well as some other bookstores but it's just now really starting to get the circulation yes as we come uh, to grips more with the fact that we should be prepared for this. Um, And a lot of people, one of the main reasons why people don't want to be prepared is because they don't like the thinking of of being out of control. You know, the death represents being out of control, and this is one way to get the feeling of being a little more in control of it. It will bring you closer together if you'll sit down with your spouse and your children and go through this type of situation because it's not something to be morbid. It's something to be shared, enjoyed, and you can laugh about things that were fun and share those moments because this is what life's all about. And I I thank you so much, uh, Carolyn, uh, for for being so kind and gracious and talking about a tough subject to the world out there. It takes courage, and I thank you, and you are blessed for it. We we thank you ever, ever so much. You're very welcome. That's Dr. Maurice Hansen. His book is called Final Details. And I hope we've given you something to think about. Not morbid, but realistic and actually turning it into something something kind of Hollywood and fun. <laughs> Certainly a, a point of togetherness. He's absolutely right. Um, it can bring people closer together when they share their fears and thoughts about what happens in the hereafter. So I will uh, hereafter see you on the uh, Internet next week as you tune in again, hopefully, to Dr. Carol's Couch on voiceamerica.com. And I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. 
Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat.